What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What is up? What is up? What is up? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I am in my brother's studio for once uh, in good old St. Louis, Missouri, visiting family. And uh, I am privileged to have in his studio, quote unquote studio, as, as uh, we, we say that as we're recording from home, uh, Kurt Storing all the way from Canada, right? That's good right. Old, Canadian brothers and sisters up north. Uh, thanks for being with me, man. It's going to be an exciting conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to get into it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited about your energy and the work you're doing. So I'm yeah. pumped to just hang out with you. Yeah, yeah. I think we have a lot of similarities and yet uh, the angle that you're taking um, with your work, kind of focusing more on fathers and, or dads, if you will, and we'll get more into that is something that I certainly don't have uh, a ton of experience personally since I don't have kids, but uh, you have, you said you have three kids, four kids, eight three kids, kids. Three kids. <laughs> yeah, three boys. You never know. They're multiplying as we speak. Right. So you're totally, you're a husband of 10 years. You've got three sons. Uh, you're the founder of dad work, uh, a community of dads becoming better men's partners and, and fathers. And I'm just excited to get into it. Cause I think uh, a lot of what we talked about before we started recording and the other day as well as like, father wounds mother wounds you know me you know not having my dad around like so much of why i was led to do this work is because of my wounds right taking my my mess and turning into my message and i imagine you know for you it's very similar but you have your angle on it so for those that don't know you maybe give a little bit of the 30 second elevator pitch of your background and kind of what brought you into the work yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. And thanks for sharing just about your experience as well. Cause I know a lot of guys in men's group who come into this going like, I didn't have my dad around and it's like, okay, there's yeah. a lot of work to be done there. So that's, it sucks, but, but thanks for sharing that. So yeah, I, um, I mean, going all the way back, my dad, uh, left my family, uh, divorced my mom when I was three mm. and that like, honestly, as somebody doing the work, like that's my deep core wound abandonment and everything that happened from there. So, yeah. you know, growing up, I, played a lot of sports, did that kind of stuff. But when I got into what did I want to do for, for work, um, worked a little bit in politics and government. And then I decided not to uh, get a job when I moved back to uh, Vancouver here because we were having a kid and I just wanted to start a business. Did online marketing for a long time. But as I went through fatherhood, like as I had my first kid, I was like, wow, I am struggling big time. And so I like almost used it as my full-time gig to become a better dad because like my life and was terrible in my head and I was making it terrible for my wife and kids. And so this work that I'm doing now is a culmination of like the last eight, nine years of inner work, trying to figure out like, what was it about becoming a father yeah. that triggered me so much and now has led to being like the greatest gift I've ever had because my kids just like, they're the greatest teachers. Right. So 
yeah, I've been doing internet stuff for the last 10 years, being an entrepreneur the last 10 years. And this is now like the first heart centered thing I've ever done. So I'm excited. That's really cool. And I, and I know, like we talked about, uh, you know, a week ago, whenever we, we first connected and, and I think, uh, what you said really resonated with me, which was, you know, you went from being a really kind of shitty father, angry, miserable, you know, things maybe looked good on paper or on social media, but behind the scenes, we're really, really struggling. And so you've kind of moved your way through doing the work to being obviously more calm, more secure, more confident, a better husband, father. How, how did you go about doing the work? Because I don't know if there's a direct linear path to, to healing, but what, what would you suggest and, and what do you do with some of your clients who are maybe in the, in the shoes that you were in just really struggling emotionally? Yeah. Yeah, it's, you're totally right. Like there's no one answer. And that's why I think it's good to just like keep hearing from other people. And so for me, uh, the first step was just like realizing that I didn't like what was going on. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I hate it. So like, what does that look like? And just being curious. And actually the first thing on the like active healing journey for me was meditation. And I had heard a man who I followed uh, entrepreneurially and he's like, oh, I've been meditating. It's helped me be productive. And I was like, oh, sweet. I need to get more work done. And I started meditating with the Headspace app. And I remember like 10 days in, it was like the intro course. And my son came around the corner and he like yelled or threw a toy or something like something that otherwise would have triggered me. And I would have just like screamed at him, to be honest. Uh, I stopped myself. I was like, okay, just breathe. I was like, oh, wow, there's something here. Like I would never have been able to not scream at him before. And now suddenly like 10 days into this meditation challenge, that was the only thing I changed. And so like, what is there? And from there, I went deeper into sort of a general understanding of awareness and, you know, consciousness and all that kind of stuff. But like really noticing what was real for me was the biggest step. And so that was meditating, breathing, journaling, uh, eventually turned into men's work, men's group, all that kind of stuff. Um, but like, I come back to it over and over again. The first thing that I get guys to do is like establish a mindfulness practice because until you can become aware of what you're feeling, what you're thinking, how the world impacts you and you react, you can't do anything else. And in my experience, it leads to self-awareness, which I put as one of my highest attributes in people that I meet. But more importantly than that, I've recently realized is authenticity. And you can't be authentically you unless you know like how the world and how yourself is operating in that world. And so like, you know, long story short, meditation and mindfulness is my way of being me because I know like when I'm being triggered or when things are coming up and I can like nip them in the bud, if you will, by choosing to respond rather than react. And that allows me to continue to just like slowly shift my life along the course that I wanted to go rather than being like drawn along by inertia. So it's a lot more intentional now. I think it's, uh, I think it's the, 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 what you're saying is so relevant because regardless of regardless of whether guys watching this or listening to this and have children or hopes to have children or doesn't hope to have children, the, the reality is that I think we all play a role in fatherhood one way or another, you know, like I have men who I look up to uh, who are maybe 20, 30 years, my senior who kind of play father role, you know, um, father figure roles and now I'm also old enough to where I'm actually just seeing myself playing similar roles for whether it be my, my 
nephews or even my nieces, but also just men that come into the community who are in their early to mid twenties. Right. So I think it's important to, to see that the healing uh, work that men need to do and that like, I just won't, don't want guys to think like, Oh, this, this episode isn't for me because I'm not a father yet, or I don't plan to be a father. Like the reality is that we all have a leadership role in, in that, you know, conscious collective of fatherhood, whether you really want to admit it or not. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, that's a really interesting point. And um, just to sort of piggyback on, you know, is this episode worth it? I mean, A, obviously I'm going to play full out and make sure it's worth it. But um, like we say in our communities, like in order to become a better father and a better husband, you got to become a better man. And so like, yes, it's dad work, but really it's just like, it's men's work. Yeah. for dads and it applies yeah. across the board, even if you're not a dad. And so uh, yeah. that's sort of the fundamental point, but I love what you say about like playing a father-ish role in other people's lives, because in my estimation, what I'm seeing is that has been lost in almost all of our society is that there used to be men in community, like our fathers would have had friends or perhaps our grandfathers would have had friends. Or if you were in sort of more of a tight knit village style community, you would have had uncles, you would have had grandfathers, you would have had like your wife's father, like whoever it was, there would have been other men beyond your father in your life growing up. And now there's just not. So dads are expected to be the end all be on alpha and omega of a kid for a kid's life. And when someone like you can come along and be like, hey, I see I've got leadership to give. And if you can like provide that to a child outside of his father, man, that is so powerful. And not only is it beneficial for that child, but I would suggest it's actually beneficial to you. Like, how do you interact with the child? How do you see your place in the world? Um, you know, even for, for elders, like we don't value the elders anymore. And it's a sort of a double-edged sword. Like on the one hand, what are they giving us? So like, why do we want to value them? But on the other hand, like they could be so valued if they just believed that they were and took a greater interest. And so I think whether it's elders or simply other men, like, yeah, man, that could be a huge, I guess, if you want to like frame it for guys, that could be a huge growth curve mm -hmm. to be like, how do I show up in leadership in other people's lives? Mm -hmm. That could be a great way to do some work Yeah, I or agree. find it, fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a big thing that I harp on in terms of the fulfillment, but it starts a, a ripple effect, right? That, that we probably will, we will hundred percent not see the, the fruits of, but got to believe that by us doing the healing work, we're not, you know, passing on you know, generational trauma to the next, to the next little ones, you know, totally. but instead a, a healthier example of what's possible. And then they're setting up a, a better example for their kids and, and on so on and so forth. So I think it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's really, really relevant. And I just don't want guys, uh, cause I have heard it enough and that's why I brought it up. Sometimes they cop out I'm like, Oh, that's not for me. I'm not a dad or I don't plan to have kids. So, uh, but sometimes the universe has a, an interesting way of working things out, you know? Yeah, so man, totally. it's, uh, it's good before I kind of jump into like your experiences, father, uh, as a father and as a husband, that sort of thing of your three boys, like, cause that's pretty unique. Tell me a little bit more of just like, what went, what was your experience of, uh, thinking about your dad, your relationship with your dad, like he jetted when you were three, do you remember him being around? That's obviously so young. Um, and what was your kind of, this, this is a lot of questions, but uh, like representation of what being a man or being a father even looked like when you were growing up and was it healthy or was it not healthy? 
Yeah. Yeah, man. I, this has come up so (laughs) one by one. Yeah. Yeah. This has come up so much in the last week for me. Um, So I'm running a couple of men's groups right now. And one of the things we do is we go through, like, tell me the story of your father and tell me, you know, what you see in him that you see in yourself. And can you forgive him is a huge question. And so, yeah, my dad left my mom when I was three and thankfully he stayed in my life. Um, I, you know, visited him for, you know, a couple days every week or two weeks or whatever it was. And eventually my mom got very sick and I had to go live with him, um, which was really great in some ways because like he was a fun loving, physically their father. Um, and the thing I didn't get was challenge or emotional availability. And so in many ways, like I am so grateful because I have some really, really good memories of like playing hockey with him. Um, and you know, he was funny and all that kind of stuff. So I learned to work hard from him because he was very hardworking and always moving on to the next thing and always, you know, wanting to start a business and all this kind of stuff. But I didn't learn how to have a relationship with a woman. I didn't learn, like he built a 1967 Pontiac Parisian and like didn't bring me along. I was like, in the in hindsight, I'm like, dude, why wouldn't you teach me this? Like, why didn't you teach me to build stuff? He had all these skills, but it was as though he didn't pass them on. And I'm not sure. And my my guess is perhaps he had a very hard childhood. And I think perhaps subconsciously or not, he was trying to protect me from that, which he went through by allowing me a lot of freedom. And that's allowed me now to reflect on like, should I just be giving my kids freedom or do they need like some structure? And in my experience, just personally, like, man, did I ever need structure? I would go out as a teenager and not have a curfew, just go out and do everything. And like, very lucky I didn't get in trouble. Yeah. You know, there, there were things I should have gotten in trouble for, let's just say that. And, yeah. you know, I, I didn't know what was real, what was right, like where the boundaries were. It was just like, I get to figure it all out. And at the time it's exhilarating, but looking back, like, man, I have had to learn almost everything about what it actually looked like to be a man. And especially a man who's committed and won't quit because, you know, when your dad leaves at three years old, because like, oh, he's got this new woman and then he leaves her and finds another woman. Then he leaves her and finds another woman. Like, man, I learned that, you know, commitment was scary. And that, you know, you only have women around to like keep your house and make you feel safe sometimes. And we talked about that because I asked him with this like fourth wife, I was like, dude, what's different this time? It's like, oh, you know, it's, it's better to have someone at home than not. And it's like, that's your priority. That's your answer. Yeah. Like that, that's really what you want. So like in many ways, man, I'm so grateful and so touched. I love my dad. He died like seven years ago, but I loved him so much and I still had to figure everything out on my own. So that's the long and the short of it. And that's why perhaps it's taken me so long. Like I said, this is like my oldest turned nine yesterday. And it's taken me this whole time to figure out like, what do I actually need to do, man? I have no idea. Like I was the worst part of my kid's life for a long time because I just screamed at him. And now that I'm not, it's like, okay, now I get to start fathering. Wait a second. What does that even look like? Yeah. You know? So, you know, my story is one of feeling abandoned, feeling emotionally stunted, feeling like my feelings were too big for everyone else. Cause he never supported me in having those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are my wounds that I've had to work on in just like initiating myself into manhood. Mm-hmm. So that was, I guess, generally the long and the short of it. Yeah. And what I love about uh, that example, um, the example of just you 
being able to articulate how you felt, you know, um, is, is so healthy because I think even when I was going through my challenges, a, I couldn't put words to feelings, had no idea how to, I just knew what was going on. Wasn't working. Like you said, the first step was acknowledgement of like, this shit ain't working. And I'm really, really up, like unhappy or numb or rageful, angry, right? Just kind of putting words to some of those emotions and realizing that it's going to take some time. But I think too, to, to your kind of mindfulness practice, it was like just slowing down, <laughs> breathing. But when, when you're so caught up in your head and you're so angry, uh, I'll just speak for myself. There was times where, and I, cause I, I attempted to get into the Headspace app for a full year and I really struggled. And if anything, I was just kind of checking it off, like expecting it to maybe fix me, you know, and it didn't do shit. And, uh, and then getting more and more angry, <laughs> you know, about why nothing's working. Right. But the fact that I didn't have a whole lot of guidance growing up mm. to your point too, was what really, really chapped me. And, and, you know, it's, it's that kind of feeling of, of not only being alone a lot, but also questioning, do I really have what it takes to be a man? You know? And I feel yeah. like that answer uh, oftentimes is bestowed on young boys or young men by the elders, you know? If yeah. we don't have dad, like who, who the hell does it come from? You know, I think it comes from, you know, my connection with my source, with God. But like, I think that's a bigger role that we all get to play as conscious men, you know? Uh, yeah. And forward. if you didn't have that, where are you going to find it? Like, you got to answer that question because he talks right. about it in the wild at heart, John Eldridge yep. does. Yep. And it's like, can you then answer that for yourself mm-hmm. or get it answered? And a lot of guys will look elsewhere for it. Yeah. Women, especially, will you please validate that? I am enough. I am worthy of being a man. Like I, I I'm wild at heart basically, which is what mm-hmm. the book is called. Mm-hmm. And I just want to jump into what you said about like slowing down mm-hmm. because man and checking, checking it off, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I'm meditating. Like, yeah. Okay, great. I spent like years, like this stuff worked. It did great things for me, but I didn't really get it. Mm. I spent years like checking the boxes. Did I meditate? Yes. Therefore I get to stretch. Therefore I get to go to the gym. Therefore I get to journal. Therefore I get to like have this morning routine. Then I get to work. And then like, and so what? I just like, I hit this point where like, and nothing was working anymore. Like it just wouldn't get past this point, you know? And like, I was doing all the right things, so to speak, but I was still like hurting. And I kept coming back to the same wounds and it was only within like the last year and a bit. So I, uh, I went through this really terrible failure, which was like the first time it ever failed in my life. And this speaks to slowing down. And so about two years ago, I had sold uh, a bunch of my websites because I build, buy, sell affiliate SEO websites. And you know, sold a bunch of them, made some money. I was like, okay, I'm just going to chill for a while. What do I want to do? And my idea was I'm going to start a real business because I spent 10 years waiting on Google and Amazon to just like make everything work for me. And, you know, I made it work. It's sweet. It's free internet money basically. And I just want to feel like, Ooh, I got my hands into something. So I was like, I'm going to start a local services business. It's like super hard, super like antiquated. So I should be able to compete with my internet marketing skills but my value will be able to be seen immediately. I put money, I put myself into it. I should see myself coming out right away rather than waiting six months for Google to tell me yes or no, mm-hmm. right? So this was my idea at least. As I was getting further and further into it, 
I started feeling like a lot of discomfort, like really, really hard resistance. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't it. And I toyed around with doing dad work before. And I was like, oh, no, that's a cop out. Like, just keep going, man. Like, just be strong. And so months would go by, put in more and more work, more and more money. And it was just like, oh no, I can hardly like open my computer because I'm so anxious. I'm not sleeping anymore because I'm so anxious. And it still was like, ah, forget about it. It's like, it's probably just resistance because you've never done this before. And you know, you got to stop being such a weakling. That was my inner talk. And it got to two days before launch. Like I had hired a crew. I had got like a bunch of clients lined up. And two days before launch, I just like basically panicked. And I don't typically panic. And so I went for like a 20 kilometer walk slash run. I sat in nature and just like sat for two hours and slowed down and felt into what was real for me. And I called some people in men's group. I called my grandfather and I was like, oh my goodness, this isn't like resistance because it's hard. This is gut instinctual resistance because this does not align with my values at all. And I almost dedicated like what probably would have been a decade or more of my life to this like terrible pursuit that was so misaligned with me. And the only reason I didn't was because like in a split second, I remembered to just like, oh dude, slow down, like just slow down. And from that moment, I decided to pull the plug and I had to like truly fail. And as someone who has like a perfectionist tendency, nice guy syndrome, perfectionist tendency, if people see me as being perfect, then they'll love me. I had to accept that like, I just got to fail. Yeah. And I wasted like tens of thousands of dollars. I wasted months of my life. I told everyone I was doing this. It was extremely painful for me. But in the aftermath, I did nothing. I just sat with how uncomfortable it was. And I was able to do that because of the support of men around me, thank goodness. But I just like felt. And that was the very first time that all of the work I had been doing caught up to me. Mm. It wasn't like check mark, check mark, check mark, running ahead of the work. It was like, dude, sit and integrate mm. everything you're feeling. Because if you don't, you're going to do this over and over and over again. And I can see that funny how this works coming back to my dad he would run from job to job to job to job, chasing the next thing, always uncomfortable. And so in this part of my life, I just let myself sit in the miserable, terrible feeling of having failed. And it was that stillness that you mentioned, which allowed me to integrate. And so finally I was like, oh, like a meditation isn't just like a you know check mark. It's something deeper. It's sitting with it. It's letting all the feelings come up and noticing them and being with them and then breathing all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like if, if that illustrates one thing for me, it's like, guys, you got to slow down even for a day and double check in with your body. How are you really feeling? Cause like probably pretty sure that your life is at least partially being run by drift or inertia not intention. And man, that I can't even imagine how I would be feeling today. If I had kept that going, it would have been so misaligned. I probably would have felt like that for years. Mm. So thank goodness I was able to slow down. Yeah. That's so inspiring. It, it gave me goosebumps. That's, that's uh, a fire right there from the standpoint. Uh, and I appreciate you said all that because I, I can just hear some guys saying like, I, I cannot distinguish between 
am I quitting because I'm scared? Am I quitting or feel like I want to stop and throw in the towel because there's just natural resistance that you have, that you have to push through? Um, a perfectionist, like how do I know what's? And you more or less said it, um, which which is like to to again know yourself first and foremost and know your core values. That's again you you know to to find. Uh, gosh, I've had so many conversations with guys who literally hate their job and then they quit and they make a lateral movement to another, like, you know, uh, like the same, in the same industry, like, like with a competitor. Right. And they're all excited for a little while. And then they eventually come to hate that job as well. They don't even realize, stop to think that like what they've been doing is so out of alignment with their values that they're like, no, no, no job in this industry is going to make them happy. But they're so yeah. kind of bought into kind of like you said, like I've, I've invested so much. It's like it's like gambling. You've, you're just doubling down because you're like, well, I'm in it now. I have to just keep going down this road, right? Until you're so unhappy, you finally say, screw it. I'm going to become an artist or, or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm proud of you for, for really having the, the wherewithal to, like you said, to sit down and really be with yourself and to know that, you know, is this truly with – within your values and then to have the humility to be like, it's just not even worth it. Cause you can play it out. Like you said, five, 10 years of like even more unhappiness shit. And you were able to, to pivot, which is what entrepreneurs, you know, good entrepreneurs do. And thankfully you are doing the work that you're doing now and you've got your own podcast, right? Dad work podcast. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you're doing a ton of amazing work, but man, what a different version of you you'd be if you hadn't have made that pivot two days before launch. Yeah. Oh, it was so close, dude. <laughs> like I remember calling the staff and I was like, Hey guys, like this isn't going to go forward. Sorry. Uh, I know how stocky this is. And one of them's like, is this a scam? Like, did you just want my information? I was like, Oh no. So I'm just like dealing with all the follow-up and dude, the feeling that I felt dealing with that, I hate conflict. It's something I'm working on, but I hate it. And so even after having made the decision, I realized that everything else that was hard was like a five out of 10 discomfort versus the 10 out of 10 I was feeling saying yes to this business. And so it really gave me perspective to be like, oh, okay. So now I know, now I know what a 10 out of 10 feels like with all these other things, like they're doable. And I would happily call the employee again and be like, Hey, we're not doing this. You can yell at me, whatever you need but at least I'm not doing that like thing that would have crushed my soul. And so, yeah, like, do you even know your values is a big thing that guys often struggle with. And like, what is your purpose? And I know that sort of gets into the weeds of like, you could have anything. And I've been talking in men's group a lot about, well, maybe what if purpose is simply like, can you be a good dad? Like, is it that small? I was reading um, 4,000 weeks. I think it's called by Oliver Berkman recently. And it's like, there's this cosmic insignificance theory he talks about where it's like, all of this is crazy. There's like, you know, we're hurtling through space on a rock. Maybe it's enough to just like feel good. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, man, there's something about that. And knowing that the struggles I'm going through now, like I've never done anything heart-based before I've worked on opening my heart a lot lately, but to do it in business, it's different. And so like the, the struggles that I face now, they suck sometimes, but they're way better than misaligned struggles that like would have kept me up at night. Yeah. Now it's like, I check myself. Am I being authentic? Am I being loving? Am I being helpful? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well then it just gets to be hard, but I know like in my core, I am solid, which is something that I was not feeling with that other decision, which was like 
you know, fire alarm going off. Everything's terrible. Stop. You have to pay attention to your gut. Otherwise I'm going to like make you pass out basically. Um, And it's, it's sad that as men, we have to get to that point. And that's why I share what I share, which is like, guys, start doing the work now because you don't want to get hit by the Mack truck Mm -hmm. to make a change. Cause man, that hurts. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's so, that's so true. Well, I think it's also something that I oftentimes um, suggest, which is, it's kind of, you know, it is what it is, but at least it worked for me in terms of mindfulness. Yes. And then also doing like personality profile assessments. I just, I've done them all just because I was looking for like, part of me felt like they're bogus. Like this is all dumb, you know? Uh, and it's just going to tell you whatever you want to hear. But when I started doing more and more of them, they all have different type of angles. I started seeing the the patterns, you know, the commonalities, the strengths versus the weaknesses. And I'm like, yeah, like, I really love doing that stuff. That makes, makes time fly. I really hate doing those things, you know? So that has helped me with, uh, with dating, you know, finding women that are in alignment with my values. Right. Um, it helps me with, you know, my business partner, he loves doing all the things that I hate <laughs> and vice versa, really good, you know, yin to yang. And I think, uh, to your point, it's just, uh, learning more about yourself being a leader of yourself so that you can eventually then turn to, to lead others, whether it be children, you know, your, your relationship at work, whatever the case might be. Right. But, uh, I, I, I want this to be a value to, to those guys who might feel like this is potentially overwhelming. If they're just starting to get into work and say, go back to some stuff that, that you Kurt said, which is like, just start slowing down, acknowledge, you know, that you've got some issues, you know, that, that you're not happy with and just start a mindfulness practice, whether it be meditating, that sort of thing, as long as you realize it's not just checking boxes off so that, okay, now am I going to be healed? It's really dropping in to, to see, okay, I'm really unhappy here. What makes me happy? Um, and, and what would life look like if you were to not throw it all away, but like, just start over with like a clean slate, you know, if you could really dream. Right, man, that's so important. And like, so I I feel like I have entrepreneurial privilege, if you will, uh, because we spent two years traveling with our kids. And this was the same conversation I had, which was like, why is my life the way it is? Do I like that? Am I okay with that? And I think we're so conditioned to be like, you go to school, you get a job, whatever. And it's so cliche. Everyone talks about it, but you can actually sit down and strip your life back to first principles where all you have is yourself and then start building it back out. And it's like scary to do something different, but like I lived in Thailand and like Eastern Europe for two years with kids running businesses. And like, it was just because I wanted to, and I decided to do it. So like my wife and I were like, oh, we want to travel one day. And I was like, wait, one day I'm working on my own businesses now (laughs) online. Why don't I just do it now? So within like three months, we were able to come back and realize like, okay, here's what we want our life to look like. I don't know like the exacts, but I would love to give my children the gift of a different perspective, a new culture, making them know that they don't have to just have the nine to five job and do all this stuff. And I want adventure. I want to see the world. What does that look like to me? And so those were not boxes I could put myself in living where I was living. I was staying close to my sort of childhood home. I had family around. 
And those were valuable, but they were simply inertia assumptions that I didn't actually want in my life as much as I wanted to explore. And so I'd really like to have more men ask themselves, like, what do you really want? And like, what are you willing to do to get that? Because there are so many ways these days, we are blessed with technology and remote work and all the rest of this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like literally you could do anything with your life, figure out what that is. And if money is an issue, then work on that step first. But like, you got to know what you want out of life and you have to know your values. Like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, What did you say? Inertia. um, They were inertia, not exceptions. (laughs) Right. Uh, Assumptions. Assumptions. What did you mean by inertia assumptions? So when like the, the assumption basically is like, oh, you should live close to home. You should live close to your family. And these were just things that like I had learned from my past. Mm -hmm. They were not conscious, intentional thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. And so these are just things that I was doing. And like, you could ask me why. And the answer would have been like, oh, I don't know that's just what you do. And so what I've tried to do now is just like, I would like to be able to answer any why question about my life with an intentional conscious answer. Yep. That's so good. And I think that's so true. And I, a big part of me moving out of St. Louis, going to Colorado and after like the, uh, inertia assumptions of my life kind of blew up in my face, you know, in terms of my divorce and everything else made me start questioning like why why was i even fighting for the things that i actually didn't want it was inertia from my childhood and from my upbringing and like this is just what either my parents or my culture or the midwest taught me that i should go for and it wasn't making me happy at all right and so that's why i kind of wanted to i assumed that's kind of what you meant but i wanted to ask the question what you meant by uh, inertia assumptions it's like you have to be really really especially as men really careful because we're really good at at times just putting our head down and marching, like getting shit done. And then waking up one time, you know, when you're in your mid forties being like, where the fuck am I? Like, and why was I doing what I was doing? You know? Right. And, and I think for you and I, we're, we're blessed to have figured that out maybe earlier than our mid forties, but like, shit, there's a lot of guys who are just walking. And, and I think it's, again, you can speak to it. I can't, but I can see it. My friends and my family, when you start having kids, man, like to, to, to be intentional about, keeping that fire lit with your spouse, uh, having intentional time individually with each child, um, like being intentional with feeding yourself, like, man, that can be really, really difficult to where if you don't, it can be like two ships passing in the night between you and your spouse, you know, uh, and, and life can just kind of trudge along and you're kind of living vicariously through the growth of your children, but you're not really making any progress. Would you speak any to that? Have you experienced any of that? Yeah. Well, like, what's the point if you're doing that? Like, oh, guys, wake up. <laughs> you know, like I've got a tattoo on my hand that says wake up because when I'm typing, for example, I look at it and go like, oh yeah, like don't forget to get your head out of the sand and breathe and see what's real. And I see that all the time. Guys are like, oh yeah, you know, I love my wife, but we don't really talk. And it's like, okay, yeah, kids get in the way. Yeah, whatever. But that's exactly, it's the inertia. And it's like the drift. Um, I talked to a guest on my podcast, Dominic Cortuccio about this. And it's like, we just drift in like 95% of our lives. And for good reason, because if we had to make decisions every single day about every single aspect of our life, it'd be overwhelming. And that's why it's so important. And I don't want to like beat this to death, but I kind of will. You have to do 
something mindful to be sure that the important things are intentional and not drifting. Because if your mind is like basically wired to not make those decisions every single day, because it's a waste of energy, then it's only too easy to have everything just like slip into this. Well, I don't know why I'm doing this. It's just easy. But like, is it really easy at the end of the day? If you have like a little bit of delayed gratification, it's easier to look in the future and be like, oh, do I really want my life to look like, do I want, especially with dads, do I want my kids 20 years from now to like, just leave and not come back because I didn't put the work in now? Like that's devastating. And that's what I tell guys. Like if you're thinking about joining my men's group and you're kind of like pussyfooting around and like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do that. And like, you don't want to pay the money. It's like, dude keep doing what you're doing. Great. Your life's not going to get any better, but here's the thing for dads, your kids are getting older every single day. They are one day closer to leaving your home every single day and you will never get them back. Mm -hmm. You know, like they might move in after college. Great. That's something, but you're not going to get that like five-year-old age back where you can build secure attachment. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, I it's, it's not worth drifting as a father because man, the consequences and even for non-father, like this is your life. This is literally your life. And every day you get to make a choice about whether you do something you want or whether you just like put your head down and get distracted. And that's like, it's gross, man. And I want guys to be able to admit that it's not cool. It's not acceptable. It's not fulfilling. It's like, we're being, I don't know, like put to sleep. And I don't want that for guys. I want men to realize how good it can feel to be out front of all of this, rather than just like trying to play catch up. And it's hard. Yeah. But I mean, that's why there's coaches, right? That's why there's men's group. That's why they're all of this stuff to help you because man, like you're saying before, you might not be a dad, but you can be a mentor to other men mm. and like help them along the way. So I don't know, man, I got a lot of passion around like getting guys to yeah. do stuff. Cause like, you're so good at getting shit done. Well then do something about yourself, yeah. like get your life sorted, man. It's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not just doing stuff, but doing stuff intentionally. And I think to your point, uh, you know, just along the, the, the fatherhood, I've got two questions, but one is like, um, if you didn't necessarily have that healthy version of, of fatherhood in your life, you know what, like, it's never too late to, to kind of father yourself. Like I think about like, if I had children right now, what would I be saying to them, you know, and what would they be looking to me right now? And am I living out that example that I'd be proud of? And if I'm not, which oftentimes I kind of don't feel like I am, that makes me think, okay, then how would I father myself, you know, and what type of advice would I give myself to, to change things up, to be more intentional, to be more present, to, and I think that's uh, pretty powerful, but, but again, without your, your father passing away, I, I'm sorry to hear that seven years ago, do you find that you like coach yourself, you father yourself, do you have other men who are kind of like that mentor father type example for you or how do you find your your way now even as an adult totally man like i've done a lot of inner child work yeah. which is for me it's felt like initiation like i didn't get initiation i don't know anybody who did honestly like i know some men now who have initiated their sons and it's beautiful and i'm hoping to bring more of that to the world cool. but in my like breathwork sessions for example or journaling I will go in and meet my inner child and it's taken a long time to build up the trust and become the man that he needed my father to be. And I love what you said about like reparenting yourself and figuring out like what that is, because you can give it to yourself in many ways. And for me, it required grieving the childhood that I'll never get. 
You know, like I hung on to being a sad three-year-old for so long. And it wasn't until I was able to release that and say like, man, I'm never going to get that. And that's okay. And I just grieved and I wept and I like was so uncomfortable with it. But from that point, doing this deeper work, I was able to be like, little Kurt, like, what do you need, man? Mm. He's like, oh, I need to play more. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I can feel that. He's like, I need you to just like not judge me when I have feelings. It's like, okay, I can do that. Like, I just need you to hold me sometimes. It's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. And that's like, wait a second. That's what my kids need. Like, if you just understand what you needed as a kid, you know already what your kids need from you. And so the the other part of that is like, yes, I meet uh, biweekly with my grandfather and have for the last few years. And he has held uh, a very special space that I am so grateful to have because he's unconditionally loving like no one I've ever met. And he holds space for me like no one I've ever met, but he also challenges and he also asks questions and he's also well-read and he also has his own life outside of me that he can just, yeah, bring his wisdom to me. And um, that's such a gift. I also, like I sit in men's groups, so I've got leaders that lead me. I've got, you know, co-leaders who I lead with, the men in the group, I specifically ask to support me because I'm not the end all be all. Like I'm not just because I'm leading the group doesn't mean I've got it all figured out. Like I ask for what I need. And this is like literally only been in the last two months that I realized like, oh, I can ask for what I need and maybe get supported. (laughs) So again, man, the work never ends, Mm -hmm. but uh, it certainly feels great once you start it. Yep. You've got a tribe around you of, of men who are doing the work as well. And they empathize with, uh, again, what, what you're asking for and what you need, which is pretty cool. So do you feel, is your, uh, if you don't mind me asking, is your grandfather on your mom's side or your dad's side? Uh, mom's side. Okay. Yeah. I just wonder how you're, uh, you know, I, I'm sure well, I'm not sure, but I'd imagine that your, your father was going from job to job from woman to woman because he was looking for his answer of, am I truly enough to your point in, in John Eldridge's yes. book, asking the, the wrong sources, you know? So I wonder Precisely. if that really came from his own wound from his father. Um, and it was passed along to you, you know? So absolutely, man. Yeah. Pretty cool that you're putting a, a stop to that generational pattern for your boys. Otherwise they'd be doing the same fucking thing 20, 30 Dude, years from now. Right. I talk about that all the time. Like I, I consider myself and the guys doing this work as like chain breakers, basically like breaking the chains of generational trauma. And yeah, like, Oh, we get so much of the programming from our dads and where do they learn it from their dads and where do they learn it from their dads? Like it makes so much sense. And that's why this is like the first step of like forgiving them and releasing our father's wounds power over us is realizing like they were once a little boy, just like, you know, you were, or like your son is right now. Mm -hmm. And what must his life have been like for him to be the sort of man that he turned into, you know, like if your dad was gone, if your dad abused you, like, man, he must've been hurting, right? Like he was once a a perfect little baby. What happened to him Mm -hmm. that made him do that? Like, oh man, can you even find 1% compassion to be like, okay, it sucks. And he's still at fault, but like, it makes sense, you know? And, that, and that's the burden that I think uh, sort of aware and awake men carry now is going like, man, it's not my fault, but it's my responsibility to heal. Yep. So that's another thing that we talk about a lot. Like none of the wounds, none of the traumas, you didn't deserve that. And I'm sorry to say, nobody's going to come save you. 
Like this is the the paradox of healing is you get to like see and own all your shit. And then you're the only one who can actually move yourself through it, which yeah. is that radical responsibility, which is an intentionality, which is that awareness. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, grieving the, the, the childhood or the lack of relationship maybe that you had with your father, gr- truly grieving that. Um, and then, yeah, also just kind of uh, being willing to intentionally do the work to to set a different standard, I think is so important, you know, um, cause I think that's a big part of it too, for me. And that, and that goes along with, uh, forgiving, you know, when my dad came out of the closet, a big part of that was like, that completely changed my, my relationship with him, you know, um, from then on, it took a lot of work to get us to where we are today, but talk about like, Oh, that's why you are the way that you are. I can't imagine what you've been going through and, um, right. that, that was like one of the first time I really had empathy for him versus making him out to be this, uh, villain, you know, and hating his guts and, and everything else. So it's, it's, uh, for a lot of us, whether our fathers are alive or not, you know, that work can still be done, you know, and I think it's cool that you're supporting them in the work that you're doing with, with that process. Cause I think that's, it's just getting first and foremost acknowledgement, like you said, that something's not right. And then getting out that, that raw emotion, that anger, everything that we suppress, because oh, I've yeah. learned when I suppress all that, then I go numb or apathetic or just really, really angry. And then no wonder you're snapping at your spouse or your kids or the person in front of you on the highway. Right. Dude, this is like, I don't know what it is about this week. It's like father wound week for me. <laughs> and uh, like what you just said there about expressing the emotions, yeah. that's so fundamental. Cause like yeah. you cannot grieve in my experience without then also holding space for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. Yeah. And that means letting go of their control and their power over you. Mm-hmm. And what I've experienced just personally, and this is speaking completely in my own experience, I had to go through every single one of the emotions. So I was like, I felt like there was a plug I acknowledge what the plug was. Okay. I feel like a three-year-old. I really want my mom and my dad to take care of me. Oh shit. I'm never going to get that. No. Started crying. Just started crying. And then anger and then guilt and then shame and then sadness. And like the sitting with and integrating, you just have to go through it all because in order to forgive, in my experience, you have to process and let out all the emotions that were held in there from the initial wound. And you can't release their power over you until the physical, the physiological emotions move. Mm -hmm. And so like, you can't go into this work lightly is one thing I just caution. And if you need to do it with a trained professional or a group or something like that, all the better, but man, to forgive requires the movement of the energy. And I think that's why it's so hard for some men. Cause like, of course you still have this father when of course you haven't forgiven him because it requires you to feel or not trained to feel we're trained that feeling is weak but dude what could be stronger than going into the darkest places of your soul facing them crying and screaming and expressing anger in like a non-disruptive way and then feeling whole and then letting your father go as much as you can and then developing or not a relationship with him that you want and if he's not around then simply grieving that as well so i I just wanted to touch on that because what you said is so fundamental to the process is like dude you gotta feel yeah well a prerequisite i think for for forgiveness like you said is feeling and i i'll just speak speak from experience uh every single time i've been doing the work of going to uh, a seminar or working with a coach doing you know inner child work 
there's always massive resistance. Like, I don't want to fucking do this. I, you know, cause again, there's part of me and like, I don't want to, I already feel shitty. Do I want to feel even shittier, you know, because I caught kind of oftentimes question, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of making, I already, I already feel like I want to kind of like give up on it all, you know? And, and I, I, I talk about it on a different podcast episode, but in 2020, I, kind of started messing around with, with mushrooms just a little bit. And that opened up my heart in a way that I was not willing to let go of. And I sat mm. in the woods for three hours and cried and mourned like this father wound. Um, but even in the midst of that crying and that hopelessness, I was like, what? Nothing's going to change. I'm just crying, but like nothing's going to change. And lo and behold, by the time I was done crying, everything had changed. I didn't realize again, the power of just letting out raw emotion to your point. Right. And feeling, cause, cause that's the last thing I think a lot of guys, especially if they're masculine, well, it doesn't matter. Just guys in general, women for that matter too. It's just like as, as human beings, we don't want to go into that uncomfortable emotion, but you have to be willing to kind of like stare into that dark tunnel and start walking into it before you even can kind of see the light at the other end, you know, and just trust yeah. that you're going to get through it. But I think you're, you're, you have to have, I think someone to support you because to do this work all by yourself is really, really challenging. It's really scary. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, I, I got so far. Like I, I like to say, and it's a bit of a joke. It's a total joke. Like I am the best at self-work, like my inner work. I like should be in the Olympics for it. Cause I am so good at doing it alone. And I could only get so far and like, you know, ego or not, I was amazing at it and it wasn't good enough. Mm. What I needed was a men's group mm. and like join, like it, I don't join mine if you don't want to join mine, but like join one locally, join one online. It wasn't until I surrendered, surrounded myself with other men. And my I guest on my podcast, Jason Henderson, he's like, all of our wounds start in relationship start in a relationship. And therefore all of our wounds need to be healed in relationship. And it's like, you're not probably going to be doing that with your dad or your mom or your siblings or the bullies, but you can do it with other men along their journey too. And that was the difference in my journey where I went like, why isn't anything landing to going like, okay, now I'm on the other side. Like I am very clearly on the other side and it's not easy now, but like it's different. And I also echo sort of experience as well with um, psychedelics and realizing that it opened my heart too. And it's so, so hard to accept that like the pain you know is coming is actually going to be helpful and will eventually lead you to less pain. But you have to go from like a 50% on the discomfort scale up to like a hundred percent just for a moment to go down to a zero or whatever the case is. Right. So like you have to do the harder thing for a brief time period in order to get, let go of all the like general discomfort and anger and all that kind of stuff that you don't think about. So yeah, like you've got to face it and whether it's meditation, whether it's breath work, whether it's psychedelics, whether it's men's group yeah. or coaching, even like something to move that energy, yeah. you're hundred percent right, man. It feels so, so good when you just release it. Yep. And it's, it's, it's universal like principles that I noticed, like it's no different than walking into the gym, knowing you want to get stronger, but the only way to get stronger is to go further into pain, you know, and push yourself. Right. It's no different than if I want a stronger relationship with my spouse, I have to be willing to step into those uncomfortable confrontations or those conversations when all I want to do is run out the door, you know, and head off to the bar. Like you have to do kind of the, 
the thing that's challenging. And I think that's why it's really requiring us as, as you know, our, our warrior archetypes within us to like fucking fight this battle because we might not actually be out, you know, fighting, uh, you know, on D-Day or in some type of actual physical military, you know, conflict, but that, that conflict, that war that's going on inside of our heads, inside of our hearts, is really what I think we're being called upon, whether we're fathers or not, uh, to, you know, to fight for, you know, and it's not, it's not fun. It can, it can no. be really, really painful, but it's so worth it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. So. The, um, it's just bringing up um, a quick thing I just read in this book, Getting to Zero by Jason Gaddis. He says yeah. basically that like, if you are resisting external conflict, you're just increasing your own internal conflict. So you got to pick one, mm. you know? And so, you know, he teaches basically how to do the external conflict to relieve the internal one. And this is exactly what we're saying, mm. going through the harder thing to relieve the pain. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. We'll talk a little bit more as we're wrapping things up about your men's groups, about your courses. Uh, you know, if guys are like, this is very much resonating with me, but where do I even begin? How can you support them? Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, well, everything's at dad.work. It's like .com, but .work. Um, we got a free 14-day email course at dad.work slash email. Um, it's like the 14 days of all the things that were most impactful in my life, cool. just broken down so that hopefully it doesn't take you eight or nine years like it did for me to get there. Um, and yeah, we've got men's groups. Um, we've got a course and that's all at dad.work and um, on Instagram at dadwork.kurt. So yeah, man, would love to chat with anybody who was um, moved. I love it. I love it. And you guys can listen to your podcast just on any podcast. Yeah. Apple, Spotify, Mm -hmm. website, all of it. Love it. Beautiful. Dude, this has been a a privilege and it it fires me up because that's, this is the most near and dear to my heart, to be totally honest. Like this is why I work and, and really focus on creating the lifestyle that, that I'm living is because I, I ultimately want to be a dad one day too, you know, Mm. uh, knock on wood, but, uh, you know, just loving, uh, my father and his journey and all the other intentional friends of mine who are so much better fathers (laughs) to their sons, you know, in their thirties and forties now than they ever received, you know? And so they're doing their own work and I'm just, it's just uh, a privilege to, to chat with you. So thank you so much for sharing your heart and doing the work that you're doing and to have connected over Instagram and to have done this. I know this is uh, not going to be the, the one and only time we chat. This is going to be a, a long-term relationship because I love how you're just given to the world is so needed. Mm. So, so needed. Yeah. So thank you. Thanks brother. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me on and uh, connecting and just also sharing. So honestly and transparently, um, I appreciated getting that energy back from you. So thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, hundred percent happy to, I love it. That's what it's all about for me. And it kind of fills me up to be honest. So guys that uh, are listening, watching, I really suggest that you go and follow Kurt. Uh, you go to dad.work. Uh, if you want to follow him on, uh, or I should say, check out his website, uh, Instagram.com backslash dadwork.kurt. Um, you probably can just Google him, but uh, I'm sure you're very accessible. If they want to have a conversation with you, just reach out to your DMs or email, right? Totally. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you, brother, all the way from yeah, Canada. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for, for being on. Guys, we'll look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk soon. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. 
It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.